No more Mr. Nice Duck. Drop that zero and get with the hero. <laughs> Excuse me? Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And now, ladies and gentlemen, any further questions? Bar, yeah, please. For the first one who buys one, right? Ah. Souvenirs, novelties, party tricks. Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Rusted Junk. The movie we are covering this time is Iron Eagle. Doug Masters. He's 18 years old. Raised on an airbase. Are you out of your mind? Born to fly. Living for the day he'll earn his wings. Suddenly, just when life was going great. Doug, it's your dad. He's been shot down. Davis, hey, it's okay. Colonel, will you please just tell me what's going on? Your country has been warned time and time again. Because they claim a 200-mile limit. We only recognize 12. So when are they going in? Reparation is our due. Don't lie to me. Three days. In three days, they're going to hang him. When the Pentagon is helpless. We're doing all we can. And Washington's hands are tied. We make the laws in this country. There's only one thing to do, and he'll do it with one of the toughest fighter pilots who ever lived, retired Colonel Chappie Sinclair. You know, your dad understands a lot about people's dignity. That's the last kind of person in the world I'm gonna see locked up in some stinking cage somewhere. Do you think with the right plan, it'd be simple to go in and get him? Probably. What's going on? Look, I'm telling you right now, I bet you can get a plane. Bingo, we're in. Are you wide enough to get me a couple of pilots, too? I've got three times as many hours on that simulator as most pilots flying Falcons on this base right now. Don't test you out on some live targets. He may know how to fly. Now he must learn how to fight. Watch you concentrate. Yeah! All right, I'm ready to go! Everyone told them to sit tight and wait. Heat up from here on out. For them, waiting time is over. Okay. They're going in against the clock. In a pair of borrowed F-16s. Jeffy, I hit it. Now just worry about the pre-makes that got up. Climb! Climb! Academy Award winner, Louis Gossett Jr., Jason Gedrick, Iron Eagle. Okay, so that was the trailer for Iron Eagle, which pretty much told you the uh, the whole film, I think, really. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, we have fond memories. I have fond memories of this film, um, which is why I wanted to cover it first. Uh, but it's great actually listening to the trailer and actually watching it and, and and hearing the trailer voiceover, which is great, which is basically, you know, his life's going great. Well, I wouldn't think it's going that great because, yeah, he's living on an airbase, but he's constantly bullied by the other guy, um, Notcher. So everywhere he looks, this guy is basically giving him some heat. And so I can't imagine his life's going that great. But anyway, the other one was two borrowed F-16s. You don't borrow them, they're actually stolen. Um, and spoiler alert, they don't return one of them. So that's not borrowing really, isn't it? Yeah. 
No. Anyway, so Iron Eagle. Um, what is it about? Um, basically, <laughs> as you've just heard, the, the whole film. Um, basically, it says Doug's father, Doug oh, Masters. Are we going with the IMDb one? Yeah, okay. father. Shot down by MIGs belonging to the Middle Eastern state. It doesn't actually specify which one. Obviously, got to make it ambiguous because they don't want to start a, a, a war just from a pretend film, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, on to Middle Eastern state. No one seems to be able to get him out. Doug finds Chappie, Air Force Colonel, to send two fighters piloted by himself and Doug to go and rescue his dad. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, do, what did you think? It, well, mm. the way that you read that, I think the... I don't know if you liked it or not, because we didn't really speak. You, you kind of groaned a lot when oh, we watched it. It was all very 80s, sort of cliche. Um, very predictable. Um, oh, God, his mum. Yeah, the acting the acting from his mum is very poor. Deary me, yeah. Um, basically, yeah, I thought it was quite funny in places. Um, the display in the aircraft basically reminded me of uh, my friend's old calculator from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the old cliché tale, uh, clichéd uh, comments like, there's bandits on your tail. <laughs> I don't think they ever say that. They did. I honestly they don't think they say bandits on your tail. tail. Well, they say like bandits at 12 o'clock in no, Top Gun. So what's wrong with Wait a minute. on your tail. Well, they say bandits at 12 in Top Gun. So, so what? Well, I just thought it was funny. Well, that's 80s as well, I suppose. It so, is. yeah. Okay. I like the way he kind of jumps into his uh, Ford, red Ford Mustang convertible. Mm-hmm. Surely he doesn't have enough money to afford a red Ford Mustang How do you know it's not his dad? Well, well his okay. dad's away, throws in the keys and goes, there you are, son. Help okay. yourself. Well, he puts on these very cool 80s shows that are probably very popular now. Um... And then drives round, but it's got this huge portable, in inverted commas, portable music system. No, it's not a normal normal Sony Walkman or anything. It is. No, it isn't. It is. It's, it's just not. strapped to a board, which is strapped it's to his not. leg. It's some weirdo. He sticks audio an audio kit cable. He sticks an audio cable in the Walkman, and he sticks an audio cable in the in the amp on the on the car, the speakers of the car. No, there's something else. There's and nothing then, else. Then That's exactly is. it. No, there isn't. And then, like, when he's flying the plane, he straps it to his leg. It's like this massive, you know, it's great a, it's big a, audio thing strapped to his leg. And you're like, That's really not practical. Okay, right. So, really practical. First, firstly, where's he supposed to put it when he's in the car? He thinks that, do you know what? I can go on a bike in this. I can go in a car with this. Well, if it's strapped to my to leg, I don't have to car. think about where I have to put it. It's the 80s. Cars had tape decks in the 80s. Yeah, well, this didn't. Well, clearly. Well, I didn't see many tape decks in the F-16s that they had. Well, no, because you're not supposed to have music and in so, the F-16s. Ah, but it turned out perfectly then, didn't it? Because he then strapped it to his leg rather than, you know, if he flips, if he if he does a barrel roll in the plane, if he's got the Walkman on the side, the Walkman's just going to flip over and hit the glass. It's not because it's strapped to his leg, so it's quite practical. I think he, I think he invented it, not for the car, but he invented it for when he's in the simulator. Because the simulator throws him around a bit, so he must have thought he must have done it once, gone through one Walkman and broken it, and then right, I need a board with a strap attached to my leg, which makes sure that nothing happens to it. 
So, we, so we actually invented the first sort of iPod. Well, he invented the fixed. It's a bit like the CD Walkman when it came out. You couldn't move it at all because <laughs> then it would just go all over the place. And yeah. I guess he's probably thinking the same thing. Is that if you picked up one of those Walkmans, I don't know his model, but the sport one used to have the anti-shock thing. Oh dear. Right, okay. so right, so you could flip it around a little bit and move it around and it wouldn't jump. If you did that with a Walkman, it would jump, <laughs> which means that's why he's probably invented the... The leg strap. The leg strap. <laughs> anyway, crikey, five minutes in and we're, we're talking about oh the, the aesthetics of his music yeah. system. Um, my, my fond... Well, wait a minute. My fond memories of this film have to be... Um, if you... If you imagine basically a 13-year-old lad, i.e. me, watching this film, this was pretty much everything. This was pre-Top Gun. We didn't have anything to reference it to. There was nothing nothing like that. Um, so the fact that, you know, his dad gets kidnapped, his, you know, all that sort of thing. You know, it was just it was just a great film. Um had a great soundtrack. Um Queen's One Vision, which we'll get to later in the podcast. That's the best bit of the film. Well, it has to do a lot of work in the film, to be fair. It has to do a lot of uh, a lot of the graft. It's used quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I'll get to One Vision in a bit. Um, so, the actors are Jason, the only two actors that you need to know are Jason Gedrick, who plays Doug Masters, and Lou Gossett Jr., who'd won an Oscar for... Academy Award winner. Academy Award winner. I think it was for Officer... It must have been for Officer and Gentleman. I haven't looked that up. Must have been. Um, so, he plays Chappie Sinclair. And Chappie Sinclair is... Starts out, you think he's a mechanic in the film, but no, it turns out to be a colonel. Retired. Retired. Um, so, basically, Doug... Doug drives around in this car. I mean, he's having a... He's having, he really is having a great time. There's a diner that he stops at with his mates... Um, his little brother like seems to be doing some sort of phone dating, um, chatting up some older, older girl. Um, God knows what they were going to do if, if the girl turned around and went, "Oh, do you want to meet up sometime? Do you want to meet at the diner?" And then suddenly this like ten-year-old kid turns up. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, the film isn't about that. Um, but Doug puts straps straps the thing on at the start. Um, decides to go on a drive but he busts through near enough busts through the gate at the military base and drives through with just seemingly an, an angry sort of guard. Wet guard waving waving at him going oh that boy keeps doing stuff like this in real life his tyres would have been shot out and he'd been riddled with bullets he wouldn't have gone less than a few metres past that gate but this was 1986 so I don't know things, things were, were different, different well it's it's interesting because they that's not a real military base. It's an X one that they had to like make it look as if it was. Um, they did ask the military and say, "Could we have? Could we use military base?" And strangely, the U.S. military were all on board with this, and they were going to say, "Yep, that's fine. Um, yep, we'll give you some help." Until they found out, until they read the script. Here's your first little question: What part of the script did they read? And when actually, we're not going to get take, take part in this. What what area in the film did they not like? The ops room. Well, str- strangely enough, um, 
basically they were they were going to help them and then they saw how easy it was um that it was to hack all the systems and they went well no, we're not endorsing that on screen because i know it's skipping to the bit where his mates helping and stuff but that's the reason why they didn't give them any they were they were going to give them the planes they were going to let them film the aerial photography and all of that and then they just pulled the whole lot so do you know where do you know who helped them do you know where all those planes came from Richard Branson. <laughs> Not that time. Um, it was the Israeli army ended up. Uh, what? The, they doubled, the, they the doubled Middle up. The Eastern states that... No, 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 no. It was all filmed out in Israel. Um, and it was the Israeli army that says, fine, we'll help you film all the scenes you want. What do you want them to do? So everything is near enough done and the US military has no involvement in it at all. Oh, okay. But then, strangely enough, went, yeah, yeah, we'll give you all the help we can a few months later for when Top Gun comes out. So they must have been filming roughly at the same time. They said, right, okay, yes to that one, no to to that one. Anyway, weirdly enough, the country says that the country isn't named. Do you notice the country that they go... Middle Eastern state. It doesn't say what it is, no, though. But right. I've already mentioned that. Absolutely. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, can, we, can we kind of just run through on a sort of chronological order? Yeah, we're doing. So you bust through the gates... Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, uh, I'd like to state, you know, working in in sort of information security, there are no security measures in place to stop Doug from going into the ops room. There's a guard, there's a guard that follows him. And then, and then sort of near enough rugby though, tackles him. Like, it doesn't rugby tackle him at all. He just goes well, he's about to. He puts, a, he puts a hand on his shoulder and oh, pulls him out and goes, oh, you need to come out oh, of here, son. Oh. But yeah, he goes. He gets quite there. a long way, though, no, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And then he goes up to the guy in charge in the ops room, just because he's a mate of his dad's, and then still doesn't get challenged. Hmm. Right. So, and then you see, then you see him back again, the second time in the ops room. Then he's got a visitors pass. Yeah. So weirdly. he obviously wasn't as angry that time, and they let him in. Yeah, it's very odd. But he's still in an open area, exposed to top secret information. Oh, does that work? Surely he should have been in a segregated meeting room. Oh, yeah, because that, that works well, doesn't it? Busting, he drums his fingers in a segregated meeting room <laughs> while somebody, you know, junior comes in and goes, sorry, the general can't see you at the moment. It, that's, I don't think you understand the, the, <laughs> the mechanics of movie making. Yes, you are factually correct. That's exactly what should have happened. But no, <laughs> that doesn't make for a good film um, wow. in that sense. So, yes. Wow. Anyway, um, uh, he's applied to go to the Air Force. Uh, he's waiting on a letter. Apparently, the letter comes. Uh, he reads it and finds out that he doesn't get in. Um, with a heavy heart, he crumbles up the paper, throws it away. Meanwhile, the local bully that wants him to ride the snake. Uh, that sounds so rude. It does, but it, it, the course is called the snake and they have to ride it. Uh, uh, that still sounds odd. Well, I'm sure people might... It's have, a race, basically. It's a race, absolutely. One guy's on a motorbike and the other guy's in a light aircraft. Yeah, so he wants him to do the race. He wants him to... He says, "You take the Cessna, the small plane. I'll take the I'll take the bike." He races to Devil's Canyon. Um, he doesn't want to do it because a kid, Jimmy Branson, had died there. 
the year before doing exactly the same thing. Which begs the question, if this bully has gone around and gone, right, I'm going to pick on this kid. Jimmy, you need to come and ride the snake. No, I'm not doing it. Jimmy, Jimmy, you need to come and ride the snake. All right, then, okay. Rides the snake and then dies. You think that the snake would never, ever be mentioned again, would you? You think that nobody would ever go, that's stupid. I think I got away with it. But don't mention the snake. <laughs> anyway, so yes. So anyway, local bully Notcher uh, picks up the paper, unravels it, and then for the comfort of the booth, which Doug tries to get into, says, by the way, uh, spoiler alert everyone, Doug didn't get in. Doug gets mad, pans on the thing, pans on the glass, and then says, right, fine, I'll meet you in an hour, uh, let's go and do this. Uh, and they do. Uh, they go and ride the snake. It's all a bit. It's all a bit. It, it's it's a challenge, and he rises the challenge. You know, that year or the year before would have been Michael Jackson going. Nobody calls me chicken. So I guess that sort of thing. That's like, yeah, fine, okay, take the challenge then. He he's a, he knows he's a good pilot. Um, anyway, jet down to the airfield. Um, they go and rent a plane. I don't know whose plane it is. It does, that's not mentioned. I don't know if he just hires it. I don't know if it's his dad's. Because it's never mentioned. Whose plane is it? Whose plane? No. Hmm. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you recall that him and his mates are in a club called the Eagles. That's right. And the hangar that they hang out in is, is the Eagles flying nest squad thing I thought it was the eagle's nest oh it could be okay I didn't pay attention to what it was called I just knew there was a sign it's a club it. it's a clubhouse it looks it's like the banana split like the place where the banana splits meet I do remember it but I didn't really watch it anyway moving on what anyway uh, yeah so I don't know if it was like part of their kind of learning how to fly kind of apprentice pilot kind of play toy thing don't know maybe what like just whose turn is it they've all chipped in for it no, that's a lot of money no, but if they're on an air force base surely they're probably like you know just superfluous to requirements so they're just like going flying for a bit don't they what so you just think it's the spare plane and whoever wants well, the key it's a light aircraft it's just oh okay well Anyway, apparently they can, within an hour of the challenge, they can be at the airbase, have all the flight clearance, tell all the planes that might have been actually out and doing manoeuvres and training and stuff, oh, can you just, you know, we're just going to take over your runway because we're going to do this challenge. It only took someone to say, which challenge are you doing? Uh, oh, we're riding the snake. Wait a minute, the one that Jimmy died on. Yeah, oh, we can't do that. Nobody... The, 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 the constant theme throughout the film is nobody really challenges anybody. Nobody really says, like, positions of authority, apart from Lee Gossett Jr., go, challenges these kids. These kids are allowed to do anything. Drive through gates, hang out, do all the stuff that they need to do, nick planes, rent planes, I don't know, get the communal plane, the pool plane, and then just decide to just go and razz around. And you're, like, going... This would be fine if it was like a Midwestern town with an air, airstrip. But this is a military base. 
and nobody's challenging him to do anything anyway they ride the snake there's lots of stuff going lots of lots of 80s things going yay the music is jamming d as in d for doug um but yeah yeah because he's got his strap on on again yeah he has we need it to fly he can't fly without it he can't he's useless we used to see in the film when he when he tries to do it without it it's useless but anyway so um while he's riding the snake uh one of notch's hench henchmen loosen the oil cap on his on his plane so when he gets halfway um he's, he runs into trouble but he still beats him even though the uh, kid uh, notcher takes a shortcut um so still beats him comfortably um but the thing about it is there's there's such nasty people that nobody filmed this thing so in the end they can go oh well i didn't see doug win i mean so why would you expect them to be impartial so yeah anyway um this is when you start to see his mum because uh, his mum goes oh by the way yeah something's happened to your dad you need to come and speak to somebody um and that's why he busts in obviously you've got a problem with the security and the yeah yeah um strangely enough after he's told that his dad's been you know kidnapped uh his dad's been shot down, kidnapped, potentially on trial. I don't think you know he's on trial at that point, but he's he's basically rotted in a jail somewhere in the Middle East. Doug comes out, and his mates think it's such a great uh, uh, opportune thing to do is to say, here you are, smell this flower. And he's got one of those joke flower things. <laughs> now, I think that that's a really an opportune time to do it. <coughs> Pardon me. It's not... It's not top secret. It's not souvenirs, novelties, oh, party you know, tricks. Yeah, but you know what, though? What? David Suchet, who plays the dictator, army general, <coughs> whatever he is, from the Middle East... What's it called? The Middle Eastern state. Yes. Sounds like the guy off... What, what is it? No, oh, top secret. Top secret, yeah. What, the German... accent. The German spy. Or Sounds like Omar Sharif, the other Omar one. Omar Sharif. Oh, right, okay. Did mm. you not pick that up? Well, not really. Uh, anyway, so his mate goes, I'm really sorry your dad's been kidnapped and might potentially die. Here, smell this flower. And Squirt. and then squirts him with water. And you just think, do you know what? I would have just lamped him. I would have just gone, did you not hear what I just said? Do you not see what the turmoil my family's about to go through? Um, anyway, so on that note... Cuts to David Suchet, who plays the um, the minister. Oh, I can't, wait a minute! Let me see my notes. He plays the the minister of defence. Okay, so the minister of defence um, is basically talking directly to the shot down pilot and basically going, "Sign this confession," and he's going, "I'm not signing your confession." He goes, "Sign this confession," and they're obviously beating it out of him. But he's, you know, Ted Masters. Sorry, that's his dad's name. Um, and nothing's happening. Nobody's getting through to them. So uh, so he decides that he's not going to. Um, you do wonder what David Suchet is doing in this film, to be honest. What did you think about that? Because you look at him and you just think, do you know what? That's that's Poirot. That's, for those people that remember it, Blot on the Landscape. Oh do you remember God, that? Blot on the Landscape. Yeah, that, that was really rude, that was. Well, it was, yeah. 
Mum let us stay up and watch that. Yeah. That was like 82 or 81 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, early 80s, yeah. 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 Mum, Mum and Dad watched it, I think, but... You weren't allowed to watch it. I think it was on at something like 10 o'clock, wasn't it? It was on late. Okay, well... Something like that. Anyway, yeah, no, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I did sneak a watch every now and again. No. Anyway, yes, what did I think to him in the film? Me, just a bit kind of predictable, really, like everybody else. It's very cari- it's very um, caricature type thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's very sort of, here, play a Middle, East, Middle Eastern defence minister. I not work his accent out either. Well, exactly, it's ambiguous, isn't it? Yeah. Because you can't say, oh, you can't pick it up and go, oh, that's definitely that country or definitely that country. Suddenly you go, oh, wait a minute. The the American film industry is aggressive against, mind you, Ronald, Ronald Ray, as they point out in the film, Ronnie Reagan is in is the president. So, you know, anything goes, you can make whatever you like. I mean, look at Top Gun. Where were they from? Who? The, the planes that Tom, uh, Tom Cruise sh- shoots down. I don't know, I can't remember uh, well, Yeah, but I, I don't think it's ever mentioned. Oh, okay. They're somewhere in the Indian Ocean. That's it. Are they in the Indian Ocean? Um, I think so. Are you sure? At the start. They're not Russian planes or anything. This is Operation Bullseye. I remember anyway, that bit. Not talking about that film. Anyway, yeah. Well, there are similarities to it, though. But, okay. Um, so, uh, so, his dad shut down... Uh, is sentenced, he decides to do two things, which seems slightly odd. One is to go to his prom, uh, which... Oh, it's only because his mum tells him. Yeah, he That's says... That's what to... his dad would be thinking about right now. I'm thinking, mm, I don't think he would, because if he's getting beaten, senseless, he'd be thinking, how do I get out? Not, and how um, Doug's getting on at his prom? Did, did she say, I can't remember, did she say that? Yeah. Did she say, oh, your dad will be thinking about you going to your prom? Yeah. Mm, pretty much that'd be the last thing going through his mind. Exactly. He's <laughs> sat there going, I seem to be, I appear to be bleeding profusely from my, from my forehead, but my God, I wonder if Doug went for the white or the black tux. <laughs> I've no idea. Oh, I hope you wore that comedy flower. Anyway, his prom's put the poor lad doesn't get a break because his prom's interrupted, and then basically his mum and his his uh, brothers there, and they basically went. Oh, by the way, they've had the trial. He's sentenced. We don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to be death. Spoiler. No, she said he's he's got just they're going to hang him in three days. That's actually better acting than her. Oh, thank you very much. That's very good. I'll collect my Academy Award. That's very thank very you. good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the next morning, obviously, he sleeps well. <laughs> he sleeps pretty well, really, knowing his dad's languishing in some hellhole. But Ah, oh, yeah, the next day after that. He day, goes to the simulator. He, the first thing he does is go to the simulator. Okay. With his strap on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like some sort of arcade. It's, it's basically like him driving around going, do you know what? I'll pick up some Reese's Pieces there. I'll go and get a tab clear. And then, do you know what? Oh, I think I might go and hang out the simulator. This is like a million pound simulator. It's not, you just don't, you don't put like 50 cents in and go, like, I'll have two goes. <laughs> this is, so he just goes in there and says, oh, is there any chance I can go on the simulator? And they say, well, uh, yeah, because the other guy's late, so, yeah, you can jump in. So he goes on there, six on one vision, this is where you heard one vision for the first time. He zips on there, has a perfect score. He gets out of it. And weirdly, it makes a sort of Donkey Kong noise. Do you remember that in the simulator? Not really. 
it does a have a nice day or something, you know, it's kind of weird. But anyway, it turns out that the person that was late by probably about 30 seconds late, um, Doug's in the simulator for about two minutes. So I don't know how, I mean, if that's what, if that's how long they get in the simulator, it's two minutes. And then there's a break, and then two minutes, two minutes. Yeah, but I don't think there's that many people on the airbase that that could satisfy. I don't know, three hours. Hmm? Yeah, but it's an airbase for the for the film, anyway. Mm. Anyway, right. So, uh, Chappie gets busted out. He doesn't. He doesn't get his flight time. Um. But he then says, uh, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Oh, I knew your dad. Uh, your dad was pretty cool." And he goes, oh, whoa, whoa, great. Wait a minute, you know how to do planning. I think we can go and bust him out. And that's where he gets the sort of feeling that let's go and bust him out. That's that's the point in which he goes, I found somebody that likes Dad. Presumably there's loads on the airbase. Oh, yeah. The dev get the, that, that lovely line that Doug says. What is it? Dad's got a lot of people on the base that love him. Exactly, yeah. So why is he putting all the pressure on this this <laughs> poor guy that's that helped him with his plane with doing riding the snake? Why is he putting all the pressure on him? He just found out he's a colonel and you you're talking to a colonel going, By the way, come and help me bust my dad out, otherwise you're a git. So yeah. anyway, so after a bit of swearing, a bit of blue language from Chappie, he, he decides to um to help him. And then says, right, okay, what can you do? What can you uh, get for me? Um, yeah, and then, right, oh, Doug yeah. assembles the eagles. He gets his, his little bro to get everyone together. Mm. Now, obviously, in today's terms, you just basically pick up your phone and shove some messages on an app or a text. Ah, wait a minute. This, just, just, just before this, Doug has a flashback. To go to um, in a plane with his dad. Oh, he does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's important the flashback because they seem to be obviously taking these planes out like taxis because this happens a lot. It's it's basically like Uber. I think they just order a plane, and the plane appears. So his dad goes, "Do you know what? I'm going to go fly with my um, kid." He's not supposed to be there. He's not supposed to be in there. He's supposed to be in school. First, that's I mean, you know, sorry to point out the obvious. He's flying in the middle of the day, yeah. so he should be at school. So his dad is trying to disguise him and tells Doug to keep his helmet on and goes, um, and they say, um, Mr. Colonel Masters, um, just to let you know that we seem to have a problem with the audio on the plane because we heard, like, Queen, One Vision up there. I mean, they don't say that, they just say they heard music. Right? He goes, oh, well, I'll, I'll have the radio fixed and stuff like this. Anyway, he turns to Doug and goes, you can't be doing that sort of stuff. You can't be playing music. You can't be doing all that sort of stuff. And then Doug takes his helmet off to talk to his dad, in plain view of everyone that he's just been hiding from. So presumably they go, wait a minute, what's a presumably 16-year-old kid at that time? Oh, he's got, yeah, but he's plainly a 16-year-old kid. I hope he's taking his strap on off at that point, because he'd obviously give himself away, wouldn't he? Ah, that's a point. Maybe that's, maybe he's broken it. That's where he breaks it. On that mission, on that flight with his dad so it's in it's in bits in the cockpit somewhere presumably the next person that gets in will find it they'll find a little piece of of Walkman you know like 
<laughs> sort oh, where of the battery the, 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 the other battery cover it'll go right in there right in there behind at the most inopportune time <laughs> and they go what happened here and you know sat the cleaners or whoever cleans cleaners <laughs> who cleans planes <laughs> it's the engineers what the engineers clean the planes the engineers apparently for every oh wait a minute have we got a, a an engineer cleaning expert here no 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 not cleaning but for every hour in flight I think it's it's something like four hours on the ground engineering time something right. like that anyway what they get the they get the Henry out and start no. and hoover inside it well if they don't no, they're going to not catch the bit of plastic from his broken water well you'd, you'd hope wouldn't you hoover that Henry can deal with that anyway Henry's basically just hoover anything up. How do they plug Henry in? That's big long... I can't believe this pretends to be Henry Hoover. If you've got got, um, better Henry Hoover impressions, please leave a comment below. That'd be great. Oh, uh, by the way, I should say, we always love comments on this. We love being challenged and... and We always love comments. This is our first... Well, we've we've done one already. Have we got any comments? Uh, I haven't looked. No, probably not. Well, okay, this is our second comment then. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so he's at the... Um, so before they nick all the intelligence, which you... Which no, no, I know, no, 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 there's another bit. He goes to his graduation. And this guy's... No, we haven't. Because yeah. because the reason he's having the flashback is because he's getting so bored with this kid doing the graduation speech. So, and then then he says, right, okay, well, let's, let's take as much intelligence as we can. He's already talked to Chappie so that we can go to Chappie and then prove that we can get all this intelligence. So Chappie hasn't said yes at any point at this point. Yeah, but... Right, so, on to you to talk about the intelligence gathering. Right, okay, so then, his little bro, he basically asked his little bro to get everyone together. So I think there's about uh, nine of them? Yeah, there's three prominent ones and there's six in the background. Yeah, something like that anyway. But they're all in this, like, the eagle's hangar thing that you referred to as being like the banana splits yeah it does look like banana splits um so they're all hanging out there and do you know what time it is 7am in the morning honestly teenagers up at 7am are they having a laugh are they they're never up and ready at 7am well well they are it's important basically his dad got oh his dad's got two days to three days two three days to live Right, I think they can get up at seven o'clock. What, some randoms? Well, they're still part of the Eagles. They're still not the band. <laughs> we don't we don't have Glenn Fry turning up or anything, so... Um, yeah, anyway. Honestly, you'll never get nine kids. There are computers at this place. But, a, but apparently they're, they're easy. I, I'll, I'll just speak about one, which I thought was very basically woman operator of the computer uh, one of the eagles sides up flatters it a little bit and tends to spill some coffee on the thing Um, she looks away and he types one he types two two keys and suddenly the screen's filled with like gobbledygook it's an F function key yeah but suddenly the screen's filled with gobbledygooks she doesn't know oh by the way oh it looks like you just pressed function seven Right, she goes, oh, panic, panic, I need to go and find the manual, I need to go and find somebody who can help me. And so gives him access to the whole thing. 
Yeah, and basically the room has an open door that he walked through mm. that's basically got controlled area, authorised personnel only. Oh, they're still not very good at their security, nobody, are like, they? There's nobody. Well, there's no, she's, she's not going... What chickens are you doing in here? You're not allowed in here. She just goes, oh, hello, how are you doing? This is... This is the common he thing we're talking about. He also made reference about. to the fact that he helped fix her. Fixed her? No, he didn't help fix her. That would be completely wrong. Okay. <laughs> He's only about ten. Um, he fixed her computer from exactly the same problem at the weekend. So, like, well, he obviously caused that problem to happen in the first place if he was in the room. Mm. He was probably just fiddling with the computer. Touched something and it went wrong and then he was able to sort it out again. Mm. What really basically, annoyed basically, me was basically he knew how to hack into the defence systems and he was able to find out what he wanted straight away. Yeah. You can't do that when you're in a system that you know at work. Well, well but, but the screen looks like something when you used to, like, when you had a BBC Micro for all those who remember those. <laughs> 20 print, print, you know question mark, exclamation mark, something like that, 20 go to 10, but put the semicolon on the end so yeah. that it zigzags across the screen. <laughs> yeah, for all those, for all those people. If you're listening, to be fair, if you've been born this century and you're listening to a podcast about Iron Eagle, then fair play to you, you are most welcome, you really are, but we expect the Is majority of our... Oh, a gen, no, that's a gen, oh, gen Z. Millennials are born in the 90s, aren't they? No, no. Yeah, I think they're 30 now, aren't they? The millennials. Yeah, yeah, so basically 80s babies are... I I, I have no idea. Uh, Sorry, Uh, Let's put it this way. The demographic for our listening is welcome to everyone. I think they've just dropped off, to be honest. Well, I don't think so. How long are we on now? Hopefully my mate Matt's still listening. We're on to 35 minutes. Oh, my God. I know. So we better get a zoom on. We're gonna zoom on. The person oh, that's listening might might nod off on the on the <laughs> motor, on the motorway and hopefully it cause an accident. Anyway, anyone everyone's wandering around like it's some sort of festival, um, going wherever they want. Um, strangely enough, Reggie, which is the guy that squirts him with the flower, um, decides to put firecrackers in a bucket in an aircraft hangar. Now. I don't know too much about people's reaction and obviously after uh, events and you know the way that America views security incidents, um, I still think that setting off firecrackers simulating gunfire while he's dressed as a general. I mean, suddenly he has to dress as a general. He looks like a 16-year-old general. He looks like somebody in fancy dress, but apparently he has to do that. So you, you've thought he must have had to wear that in order to get past some sort of security. And the security would have just laughed at him and just gone, Reggie, what are you doing dressing up as a general? In fancy dress. In clothes that are far too big for you. So it's it's really, really strange. But anyway, so they do this. They don't get shot, strangely enough. You know, by... by... Why were they going in there? What were they going in there for? Oh, uh... Oh, some more intelligence. Oh. I don't know. Licking, then, licking stuff. And then the girls turn up in the kind of library sort of records office. No, oh, to their dad. Yeah. And like... They're twins. Oh, aren't they? Yeah, because they say, oh, dear dad. Both of them say dad. Oh, okay. I haven't right. worked that out then. I know, okay. Not identical. So, dad basically falls for the sweet daughter deception trick. That's quite strong, by the way. I mean, just before you start saying that that's not 
having, having he can, no, he complete. He basically, she manages to spill some coffee over him. Basically, chucks it over him. Yeah, she doesn't saying, spill it. She oh, just I, actually I really throws wanted, it to him. I really wanted that world map that you promised me. Da da da. Oh, but why now? Oh, but just just because I want it now. Oh, okay. Throws the coffee over him. Goes. Oh, I'm really sorry. And like he completely misses the fact that some red alert like um, lights are going off um, behind him, and then goes off to the what he calls the latrine to clear himself up. And the girls steal the maps and the intelligence. A, how did they know where those maps were? B, how could they possibly have identified what they were looking for? Well, you're asking you're asking a lot from a film about. A guy that nicks an F-16 to go and rescue his dad. But yeah, I I know what you mean, because it's... After that bit, they pack all... Doug packs all the intelligence into an open-top car. An open-top car. (laughs) Right, so he drives off the... uh, I think he drives off the base because Chappie lives in a caravan. Yeah, he does. He lives in a mobile home. Right, so he's not on the base. Wow, don't know. So he's taking the information off the base. So Doug, Doug has a car accident all this stuff flutters in the wind and ends up like in the nearby town he doesn't it's know. a massive security incident what well, he doesn't but he's he's got all this intelligence oh, in an open top car if he, if he has an accident well I don't think they'd be that bothered really would they what the top secret information is flutting into a bar well, in Doug, Doug was able to get into the ops room with top secret information and they'd go wait a minute which of the many breaches that have happened in this film <laughs> has this come from Maybe we need to look at the logs. Anyway, so they don't even know the intelligence is missing. So it's not like they go, "Oh, wait a minute, this this is missing." It's, he he takes he takes a car full out. It's not just like a few things here and there. And when you see the intelligence later, Chappie says, "Can you get some more?" Anyway, he goes and visits Chappie. Um, Chappie says, "Right, okay, let me have a look at these files then. Uh, I'll have a look." Um, and he reads them in a diner. He's got them wide open with top secret on the front in a diner. Which, I don't know if it's the same diner that's on the on the Air Force Base or a different one. Either way, somebody would come up to him and say, excuse me, sir, that's wildly inappropriate for you to be doing that. Um, I may have to phone someone. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, uh, cuts back to his dad now. His dad's now uh, been beaten again. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, still thinking about. I wonder how Doug's getting on at the prom. <laughs> what but, if he pulls at the prom? But they say, "Do you want to sign a confession?" Um, and he's literally out of his out of his jail cell. You can see the noose that they're going to hang him with. So he's kind of. So he must. He must think. Do you know what? You can stick your confession where the sun don't shine because I'm not going to do it. Obviously, he's not going to sign the confession, knowing they're going to hang him, whatever he does. So he's obviously going to take the beating. It, it's really bad. Instead of giving him a cup of tea or a cigarette or something like that and saying, look, you know, like sign the confession, it'd be all cool and stuff like this. They're just showing the noose. And they say, well, do you want to sign the confession? I don't think anybody would do it in that case. Unless it was, are you going to hang me? Yes. Well, I'm not signing the confession. Are you going to hang me? Mm, we haven't thought about it too much. Maybe if you sign the confession. Well, maybe you might sign the confession then. But they're basically telling you, you're going to die, so... It's very, very strange. Um, Chappie then decides to uh, test Doug and see whether or not he can fly. Uh, He can't fly without his music. Chappie tells him to turn it off. He says, uh, if you do that, you'll be screwing up my rhythm. And Chappie goes, you need to be able to do this. Um, 
I found out that the target range, um, the guns and everything they were using, those bombs can't make those sort of damage. You can't fire missiles at a, a, a cloth target and just have it. So suspend your disbelief, but that's not the only time that you do it in the entire oh, film. The film's ruined now. Sorry. Um, uh, Chappie then says, can you get me more um, stuff because we're going to need some more intelligence. Gets the eagles together, talks to them. Again, not the band. Um, but it, he, he says, do you know what? You are a fine lot of people. Um, you know, we're going to have to go into business. And I'm thinking, if the business is espionage, they're all fantastic. That's the only business. What businesses do you think that they could all go into? Thank you for nearly causing an incident. Thank you for nearly getting shot. Thank you for stealing the plans. Thank you for throwing the coffee over your dad. We're all going to business together. What is that business? He, he thinks he's caught paying them a compliment. I'd be like, that's terrible. Well, I thought it was quite funny, actually, because, like, um, when Chappie's sort of analysing all this intelligence in his kind of wooden hanger that's, that wasn't the Eagle's hanger, it's a different hanger. Okay. Um... He spreads it out, doesn't he, on the on these little uh, tables. He's got a massive table with it and all then, on there. Right, so it's a serious analysis of recon and intelligence that he's doing. Yeah, what does he do? What does he do? Kicks the jukebox that he's got in his shed. That starts playing music. And then he starts dancing. And you're like, seriously? What's going on? He's, well, he, he like, ah, ah. So wait a minute, he can't work without music. But yeah, he tells Doug, you can't fly without yeah, music. double standards. Wow. I I'd never picked that up. Yeah. Well, and definitely. Then, then it sort of goes into a sort of a trailer for a Rocky film, because I really don't know. <laughs> right? Why Chappie's got to go for a jog with sweatband trainers and stuff. Yeah, he tells him to follow him uh, and uh, say... And basically tells Doug to follow him. It's like... Why are you going for a jog? Follows what? him into what? the shower. And then, yes, he follows him into the shower in his mobile home. Not now, actually, no, wait a minute, not actually in the shower. He's standing in the bathroom well, while he's having a we shower. We all know how big showers are in a caravan. Basically, you don't have enough room to swing a cat. True. So, getting out of the shower would be a little bit awkward. Well, he's got plenty of space in the film because he's holding a massive book that's telling him all about stuff that he probably should know. I mean, you've got to have some downtime on this. I know you've got a time limit, but you've got to have a downtime and say, excuse me, I'm just going for a shower. If somebody followed you with a book, you just go, I think this Get is out. I think this is inappropriate. <laughs> um, anyway, cut back to the planning place. So there's all this top secret evidence. So what did they decide to do? All get together for a massive picture surrounded by this evidence, uh, by all the, all the stuff that's there, all the top secret plans. They take a picture for posterity. Now, when you find out what happens at the end of the film, you'll know that all of that has to be burned. So basically, the photo never, ever exists. So it's pointless taking the photo. Anyway, um, so, two F-16s, fully loaded, as they say, with everything. And so, off they go. Off they off they uh, start to start It's to pop. strong on all levels, isn't it, really? Because, like, how on earth would they get clearance for that? Seriously. Well, they and get, they're flying they get, basically from the US to the Middle East. No, well they're flying to the U they're flying to the US to somewhere else and then they divert in basically go off the flight plan. Yeah, on a tank of fuel. No no no. They they refuel twice. 
which is what I mean. How on earth did they get the authorization? Okay, you've stolen a plane, but well, yeah, if, exactly. If they realise you've stolen a plane, they're going to shoot you down. They're I mean, give you a, an allowance, and then they're going to basically say, if you don't comply, we're going to shoot you down. I mean, I, even in the eighties, I would have thought, yeah, where are you taking these F sixteens? Uh, well, let's say they're just saying, oh, we're flying them to Germany, to like Ramstein Air Force Base over there at the time. Um, that's quite long. Do you, you know you're going to have to stop off in England on the way in one of the bases and refuel in order to get there? Oh, no, 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 no. we'd like to refuel in midair. Oh, okay. Um, again, why are you taking these two... two pl- well, we're just... In fact, they've got a huge arm, armoury on them. Why, why have you loaded it in? It's got extra tanks. It's got... This is a bit strange. Nobody questions it. No. Nobody surely, questions the right, flight plan. To refuel in the air, you've got to have a coordinate... You've got to have that massive aeroplane full of fuel booked out so that you know where it is, mm. when it is, and it's at the right place for you at the right time. So it's like, well, you've got to coordinate that as well. Yeah. It's not like just driving down your local A road and finding, you know, five petrol stations like in a row. It's not like that, is it? No. No. On the way, Doug, Doug, after one of the refuels, goes <clears throat> wants to talk to Chappie and goes, Chappie, are you sleeping? And I always thought that was a really odd thing to say, even when I watched it for the first time. I was like, what, what has he got some sort of autopilot switched on? In which case, he's going to fly straight into a 747 or something like that. He's not going to, he's going to be asleep. Why would he ask him if he's sleeping? I mean, that's like a weird thing to do. It's a bit like asking the driver you know, somebody in the back seat to go, driver, are you, are you sleeping? Are you, are you all right? Are you still awake? <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully not an Uber, but yeah. Um, anyway, they changed the deviation. Um, nothing happened. Uh, they don't scramble any jets. They don't try and track them. They don't try and do anything. And basically, they must be so close to the Middle East because they're deviating. So there are bases around that they could have gone, right, somebody's nicked two planes. Let's have a look at all this. Wait a minute. Let's have a look at the CCTV. There's all these kids nicking intelligence. There's everything. And basically. So they do that. Um, They uh, go in with Queen One Vision. Um, This is at this point. This is a bit of something that I can't reconcile. One Vision, according to Wikipedia, was recorded in September 1985. This film came out in January 1986. So it it was recorded and then came out as a single over Christmas and then was used in the film. So somebody somewhere knew that that had been recorded. So there's a four month window. It's a bit like hearing Ed Sheeran and then you know and then going to a film for you know four months later and it's used in the film. That'd be like that's that's really quick. That's really quick. So yeah. Anyway. Um, they blow up a runway. Apparently, it only takes an hour to repair a w- runway. They've got a big cement tower nearby, or some sort of cement mixer that they can suddenly repair this and it's quick drying cement. Um, he pretends. Uh, unfortunately, Chappie gets shot down, doesn't he? Which is I don't yeah, know. I don't know if you think it's sad. Over the med. Yeah, well, it's close. It's close. Is by. it? Well, no. He 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 flies back a bit doesn't he? To try and get to the med. 
the geography is out I'll give you that geography's all over the shop but um, Chappie then says do you know what they don't know how many you are pretend uh, that you're a squadron of planes so Doug goes this is this is Iron Eagle because Chappie says you got to pretend that, that that jet you're in is like a suit of armour like an Iron Eagle oh yeah don't forget Chappie's made this tape oh yeah because when he dies he says put it in and so he's, he's recorded this and said, basically, if you're playing this, I must have carked it. So I'm out. And so he plays the tape and then <laughs> he's, yeah, he's and basically then, talking to him from the afterlife. And talks to him at the appropriate time of the film. Appro- surprisingly. So how, how would he know when he would have got shot and what the plan would have been at that particular time in... Ah, that's a good point. In the yeah. night. Yeah, he's no idea. He's, he's got no idea when he's going to be Maybe shot. there's a, a, a conspiracy theory and he actually knows exactly where he's going to get shot there. Don't know. No, well, anyway, that'd be very strange. It wouldn't be more strange than anything else. No, but what, what I also was a bit sort of like puzzled with, when they said that there'd be nicking these two F-16s and I'm like okay that's fair enough but what about the ground reconnaissance they've got no they've got no one on the ground to go in and rescue They're, they'll do the airstrikes great lovely yeah he's got a plan to rescue yeah, his but, dad but who's going to go in and actually rescue his dad he from, is. from the ground he can't, he's in a blue plane he's got a Hades bomb you know the thing that like basically like napalm there's no such thing as a Hades bomb by the way it was made up for the film right but it sounds good but basically it acts like napalm so he napalms the runway nobody can get through lands and picks his dad up admittedly the logistics on that are quite bad because he drops the Hades bomb halfway on the runway which means he's only got half the runway to play with uh, and I don't know. And com- comment below if you know that. Uh, if an F- if an F sixteen can launch in that. Anyway, um, he goes in. He goes. Hi, this is Iron Eagle, Doug Masters. I'm, you know, part of a squadron of planes. Ready here to pick up Ted Masters. They go. We don't believe you. Um, do your worst. So he does. He blows up a few more things, and then he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy one of five strategic targets if you don't start moving him." So they don't move him. So he blows up an oil refinery. Which basically would destabilise not just their economy, I would think, but probably the global economy. It would have a knock-on effect, definitely. And he, he doesn't think about that. I don't know where this place is. Again, it's just in the Middle East somewhere. Middle but, Eastern state. But anyway, um, they they start moving his dad. His dad goes to the end of the way and then gets probably shot by a sniper. Just as Doug is landing. Which no, is, no, hang on, hang on. No, no, just as Doug's landing, he gets shot by the sniper. Which makes you think, wait a minute, why didn't the sniper go, do you know what, when the pilot gets out, shoot them both. But he doesn't, he shoots him so that Doug can see him while he's still in the plane, in the suit of armour, the Iron Eagle. He doesn't wait for him to get out of the plane when he's vulnerable. Yeah, but one, of the, one of the funny bits is, Doug blows up the air tower that David Suchet's in. Oh yeah, that's the point. And then the next and that's scene, that's got quite a spread as well. And yeah, then the next it's, scene, it's obliterated, literally it, obliterated. There's nothing left of it, and there's, there's and there's probably you know like many many meters either side. Yeah, and then David Suchet's shown on the other side. Yeah, on the side of the earth. <laughs> it does. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Unscathed. 
and like not mark on him and you're like with his hat on <laughs> and you're like that, that, that's never gonna happen there's not a scratch basically there's not a scratch on him <laughs> anyway the Hades he drops the Hades bomb he lands gets his dad his dad goes Doug you know as if like oh I expected you you know he doesn't he doesn't say thank god I was worried sick how was the prom <laughs> did you go for the did white you go for the or white did you and the go black for touch? the black <laughs> Um, anyway he uh, avoids the explosions they send jeeps through motorbikes and stuff they strangely as soon as they go through the fire instead of catching on fire because obviously that wouldn't be quite nice for a, a PG film um, basically they, they flip in the air there's no there's nothing to flip them at all the fire doesn't do that there's no physics involved in it they just they just flip these jeeps flip anyway um, they get up his dad's in the back seat um, and Doug's basically blowing everything that he possibly can out the the air. The defence minister then comes and says, "Get gets one of the squadron, the enemy squadron planes to land." He goes into the flight suit. Doug blows most of the fighters out. It's left him, him and his dad versus the defence minister. And they're running out of fuel. And they're running out of fuel, and there's loads of things. Anyway, defence minister gets it in quite a really easy way. Yeah, really easy way. Um, there's more planes, there's two chasing them, and then suddenly four come from the north, and they go, oh, well, we can't outrun them, we've no fuel, we've got to have to fight our way out. And at that point, the best name ever in the film is, they go, this is uh, flight leader, blah, 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 from, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> and, and he goes, they're ours, Dad, they're Americans. And then he goes, uh, I said, I've got two bogeys on my ass. And he goes, I'm just about to, to contact them and verify their intentions. He goes, two of the aggressors behind him. This is, uh, uh, this is Lieutenant Colonel Dwight Smiley. And I'm like, that is one of the coolest names in the world. Dwight Smiley. Mr. and Mrs. Smiley go, what are we going to call our kid? She's calling him Jeff. Or Colin. No, Colin Smiley. No, Dwight Smiley. One day, son, you're going to grow up to be the squadron leader of a, a, a plane. But anyway, it's there's fake, loads though. of... It's made up. There's loads of things. Anyway, so um, he's saved. And that, and then it's very saccharine. I mean, I do love this film, but then it's like, um, you know, you just edge up and take the lead on the on the planes here. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take you home. Anyway, they take them back to the Air Force Base. Um, no, they do the missing man formation. Come on. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, don't you remember that? No, so you just nudge up in front and take the lead. Yeah. It's, yeah. It says, oh, I'd like to honour... Um, oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Colonel, Sorry. what's his face? Chappie Sinclair. That's the one. So he says, I'd like to do the missing man formation. They went, okay, you lead the way, Doug. We're right behind. So, <laughs> Dwight Smiley, yeah. Dwight Smiley. Smiley, smiley. Smiley face. Smiley face. <laughs> Anyway, so um, they get back to the court-martial and, <coughs> hey, wouldn't you know, Chappie's alive. He got shot down over the med and got picked up by an Egyptian trawler. Bearing in mind, <laughs> <laughs> the logistics of that is they have to find him, then they have to pick him up, and then they have to get into some, some, somewhere. He presumably has to pay them off or something. Then he has to contact somebody you know, there's no mobiles or anything like that. I don't think he's got anything on him. He's covered in water or parachute or whatever. 
and then get him back in order to the tribunal. I don't see how that happens in less than a week. But anyway, he's there. Um, they don't sentence him, but Chappie goes, oh, I think he should be uh, confined to a penal institution. Um, and they're like, what? And he's going, yes. Um, he applied to be in the Air Force Academy. So, yeah, and so that's what happens. So, break all the rules, put national security at yeah. risk, endanger lives, yeah. and get enrolled in the Air Force Academy. Absolutely. Ta-da! Absolutely. Anyway, um, yeah, that's Iron Eagle. And then, the, yeah, the, the, the final bit is them all stepping out of the plane. So they said, if you t- if you talk about this, son, you'll be locked up quicker than a you know, snake in a barrel or some sort of stuff that they say. And then next thing you know, they have a military parade for everybody coming off the plane. It's not a badger parade. Not a badger, no, no, definitely not the badger parade. We'll talk about that in another one. I don't know how, but we'll, we'll manage to get that in. Anyway, that's Iron Eagle. I hope you've enjoyed our musings on this. I would say watch it and then and then w- listen to this. Well, I can't because we're at the end of it. Yeah, no, but watch it first. I, in fact, I should have told them that at the start, shouldn't I? <laughs> Wait a minute, should, well, anyway. Uh, note to self. Do you know what? Actually, watch it now. What, do you know what? Watch it now. Go and watch it. And Netflix what? or Amazon or wherever yeah, it is. Yeah, they're going to have like a, this massive increase in uh, views of uh, Iron Eagle. And they go, what the chickens what the is chickens? going on? Four people have watched it now. <laughs> um, can I just put some trivia just before we finish? Trivia. Because um, Morgan Freeman apparently applied for the role to be Chappie <gasps> Sinclair. No. Yeah, but oh get this. God, that would have been bombed. Emilio Estevez auditioned for the role of Doug Masters. Or, no, sorry, considered for the role of Doug Masters. Emilio Estevez and Morgan Freeman. James Spader was considered for the role of Notcher the Bully. Now, that's a different type of film. That's something that's all over the place. Anyway, they went on to make Iron Eagle 2, Iron Eagle 3 and Iron Eagle 4. I'm not. Uh, We're the, not watching them, are we? We're not watching them. Um, the start of Iron Eagle 2, Doug Masters gets shot down within the first five minutes um, by some uh, Russians who were on a training exercise. Oh, there we go. We've covered Middle East. And then yeah. Well, wait a minute. No, no, no. There's, a, there's a, a trail to this because I didn't know about this next bit until I looked it up today because I forgot that I watched Iron Eagle 4. Because of this, for because of this reason. So number two, get shot down. Chappie Sinclair comes back, trains the Americans and the uh, and the the Russians, and they go on a mission together. And blah blah blah. Fine. Iron Eagle three was called something like Flight Aces, and basically it was a rescue mission. I think it was the Middle East, but it was people with old planes. Like there was a weirdly, there's a Japanese guy that's got a Japanese fighter. They're like the Pearl Harbor ones. There's somebody that's got an old Lancaster bomber, and they go and rescue people Iron Eagle 4 right are you ready for this because this is the bit that I forgot Iron Eagle 4 Chappie has to train some juveniles that are basically in prison to be fighter pilots I've forgotten why but here's the thing are you ready go on they rewrite history so that Jason so that Doug Masters hasn't died in Iron Eagle 2 it goes a different way and he gets shot down instead so he's in the film he's in Iron Eagle 4 Right, yeah, but it's played by a different, played by a different act, actor. Oh no! So Doug has to help Chappie train these kids up, and there was talk of an Iron Eagle Five. Oh god! But yeah, anyway. As far as it got, I hope. There you go, listeners. If we, you've watched we, two, three, or four, 
then do do let us know what you think. Oh, please, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, I may actually watch four again. Mm. Not with you, obviously. Just like something in the background. I think that's... If Iron Eagle is the... Iron Eagle's basically the godfather of the group, but there is no godfather part two or three. The, the rest, the, the other Iron Eagles are dreadful. I actually like, I'm going to say that this shouldn't be forgotten. If we're talking about forgotten 80s movies, I don't think it should be forgotten. There's a, there's a large amount of love for it out there. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes critics put it at 20%, but the users put it at 56%. So there's a bit of a disconnect there. And there's a lot of love for Iron Eagle because you really should go and check it out. What do you think? Would you watch it again? No. You wouldn't watch it again? No. Okay. All right. Well. Once is enough. Well, that's us then. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. I don't know what we're going to be doing. Um, oh, surprise. I don't know. I'll let, let you pick for the next one. Yeah, Should we do yeah. a rom-com or something? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Okay. Anyway, this is me, Charlie, saying goodbye. And the better half. Right. Goodbye. See you later.